Welcome back, everybody, to Too Much Popcorn, the movie review podcast where Jimmy and I watch a movie, and then we sit down, we talk about the things we liked, the things we didn't like, the highs, the lows, things that make a movie good, things that make a movie bad. And this week, we watched Hitman, Agent 47, the hit Hitman 2015 film. That's right. We watched the first one, and we said, we're going back for more. There's another mission we have to accomplish. <laughs> Just like a hitman, you always accept the mission, even though you know that it's going to be near impossible to complete. It'll put your skills to the test. And oh boy, those skills. Oh man, those skills were put to the test. This was just one of those movies. You know, there's sometimes there's good movies that are bad. There's bad movies that are good. That's why we like to do this podcast. Sometimes we'll recommend a movie that's bad that we feel that you should watch. And other times we'll recommend bad movies that you shouldn't watch. But Because, you know, sometimes a bad movie has some qualities. This movie had some qualities. Um... And, you know, that's that's what can be said about it. I think as a, like, beginning stepping off point for the conversation of this movie is, I, if I remember correctly, we watched the first Hitman movie and said, hey, we probably shouldn't ever watch any more of these. <laughs> and our episode came out, and I won't spoil what we said about it, but... I think we left thinking that Timmy Oli- T- Timmy Oliphant, <laughs> Timothy, <laughs> the old man who shaved his head for that whole movie, like couldn't act. That was the takeaway. The main takeaway was where we were like, well, he just didn't do any acting in the movie. And so we're, we're returning to this series against our better judgment. We knew what we were getting into fully. And I, I think I wanted to see some acting. You know, and I think the bad thing about that is I don't really know why I was expecting there to be any acting. (laughs) But the good thing is that we got way more one to one hitman game mechanics in this movie than in the first one. You're counting the actual game mechanics of a kid (laughs) playing the game that was in the first one. See, so that can't count. Because you can't just show footage of the video game that you're basing your movie off of and call it there. <laughs> I just dis- I fundamentally disagree with the, the fact that that scene exists still. No, I, I think I think several years from now, I'm going to buy the rights to Transformers. I'm going to boot it up. It's going to be like a gritty ambulance based heist movie. And then it's going to cut to some kid who's just playing Transformers like the PS2 version from 2008. Not even that. The Transformers are in their transforming spaceship and on one of the monitors is the 1986 movie and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Fugitive <laughs> <Isn't> Optimus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, but we're not there. We're, we're in Hitman, there. Agent 47, lead actor, Rupert Friend. And let me tell you, people, 
if you're hiring a guy named Rupert Friend as a main character who is a hitman assassin, Friend is not the last name you want associated with someone who I I know he's an actor. He can he can put oh he puts on the mask of a hitman <laughs> and oh he's become the character. But I see the I see the first credit in this movie as Rupert Friend and I shed a little tear as I think well he wasn't very friendly at all. Yeah. I I don't want to get too much into like criticizing his acting as an actor cuz one I haven't seen him in anything else. No. And, and two I truly do think he was dealt a bad hand of being given <laughs> Just like a, Timmy. Yeah. It's it's hard to be given a one-dimensional character and play it to a successful level. Oh, that's true. I forget. They did try to make Timmy's character the original hitman horny (laughs) and they skipped that one they skipped that one in this movie he was just kill man yeah he was a kill man and he killed and i I do yeah you're, you're right it's not fair to pick on him but i do think it is fair to pick on maybe just the cast as a whole well in terms of not being uh the thing that i don't understand about video game adaptations at this point is if you are aware of a sort of goofy nature that a game has vis-a-vis hitman putting on disguises killing people with frying pans etc there is a sort of goof-em-ups in regards to how the open-ended gameplay nature of a hitman game leads people to do wild things (laughs) Again, these are not games I've played. Yes, they are presented as you are a cold and calculated killer who will do anything to complete a mission. But you give that to a 12-year-old and they will amass bodies in an elevator and send it down a shaft and explode it at the bottom and kill everyone with a wine juicer. Like, who knows what's going to happen in this game? So you have a full cast that is not ready to ham it up to the level of a video game and instead decide we're going to ground this in reality. At the same time, Zachary Quinto's character has titanium blood. (laughs) You can't have a character who has titanium blood and not take a few things sort of in stride with that. True. You can't have me suspend disbelief if you're not going to fully suspend disbelief with me. And I I do agree. I think that's something that most video game or even comic book adaptations fail at is that there's, like you said, a goofy aspect to these things and they have the play space for it. They have the they have the technology. The fans are in it to to see what can be done. And and they know what they know it from the video game. And if you gave me a goofy level of like Agent Hitman knocking people out and switching costumes vis-a-vis the game, I would fucking enjoy that. Like that's why people go to these movies. It's not to take these characters and make them gritty and make them cool do cool fighting stunts like And say one liners like, you are what you choose to be. Yeah. Like, you don't look at the 1986 Transformers movie and, like, it's it's about how they're building their character. No, they get fucking straight into the action. They start they blasting do. lasers. <laughs> That's what the people want. Michael Bay They've gets it. They've got the touch. Yeah. 
they got the touch. Stan Bush knew. And so, yeah, I think, like, if you have these movies, goof it up. Goof it up with your characters. You can have your main character be your flat, one-dimensional, stupid, bland person. Sorry, Mr. Friend. You know, that's that's the handy you were dealt. I get it. I know. You you literally, your character has a barcode that is scannable, and you scan the barcode, and it is bananas. Again, I'm sorry. It's still just bananas. <laughs> yeah. But don't give me the one character who's only got his, you know, two twin 45s and his knives that that's like all he uses. You know, give him the stupid goofy weapons and improvise things. Make it make it fun. That's what movies should be. Movies should be fun. I think and I think you probably would agree that the one time this movie flipped it on us where we were actually like, oh, this could be fun is there is the scene far into the movie too far for it to be the one time where we think we're gonna have fun where the car starts getting they're trying to escape in the car and it starts getting harpooned with these sort of huge cables from from on high in this intersection and not only does it get harpooned it gets harpoon it gets so stuck with all these things that it literally stops moving it is so tied to these buildings and then not only that the goofy ass henchman who has shot these things starts ziplining down these things like <laughs> it's a totally secure thing for them to be doing. And in that moment, I think, well, here we are in the video game. This is goofy as hell, not very Hitman, but actually a fully entertaining sequence that we're in here. And see, I think that in itself is a mistake because it was very fun. But when in the games have you driven a car that is then harpooned and stuck in an intersection? <laughs> you know. Well, that's what the movie is for. It's trying to expand that play space. But you're right. It doesn't really match the tone. And I'm okay with something expanding the play space if it does the thing it should do well, well first. Yes. You know? Establishing that it can deal with what actually a Hitman game is before saying, actually, we just played a lot of fucking <laughs> you know harpoon shoot 'em up game and we wanted to put that in our movie yeah because you can it almost makes the whole concept of the you know hitman or whatever video game you're basing your game off of it almost makes it a macguffin where it's like you can take out the characters and the names and the places and put it in with any other action movie and now it's just a basic action movie so like yeah you have Agent 47 who's doing all these cool Krav Maga-esque fighting techniques. But he doesn't really do those in the games. He just kind of punches people or, you know, uses his stealth skills. So yeah, go to what the character is good at. Use those stealth skills. Use the clothing changes. And then if you want a little bit of combat, you can put in some combat. But don't make him this, like, Krav Maga-esque person because you saw some other movie do it and you're like that's what our movie needs too it's 20 he could stand up from his two legs in a river <laughs> yeah and i i think that the the first time i actually thought that we were going to have fun with this movie was when they were escaping from one of the stupid buildings that exist in this movie i can't if yes i can't remember yeah. if it was the first one the second one the one third of the, one one of the blue flashing ones yeah. or <laughs> or it was the kind of fuzzy one that had that premonition-esque uh Oh boy! Filtered. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> oh, we'll start. Except on that. we will. 
But uh, yeah, was it the costume change? It was the like costume back change. To back? They actually did yes. a costume change. You're like, oh, that was funny. And then like back to back. Yeah. And then he gets spotted by somebody, and then he like. And he's like, oh, hit me. It did a stupid like cut grab of him like grabbing the guy's neck. But then it. Grabbing towards the camera. Yeah. <laughs> which was. I'm going to get you, camera guy. It was stupid, but it cut. And then, you know, there was another clothing change. And so you're like, that's goofy. That's what the games Actually are. Goofy. Yep. It, th- yes. No, you're right. That is the first moment where, beyond entertaining in the harpoon thing, again, that scene fully not Hitman. Just actually kind of a cool concept yeah and very funny still very funny when they come ziplining it that that was the moment where we both pointed and we're like oh he's doing the mechanic in the game where you switch the things and not only that there was literally the scene where he is uh witnessed by this other person and is starting to be followed it follows that you almost expect that character in reality to have an exclamation point show up over their head, like yeah. Solid Snake style, like, oh, oh is who's this guy? Or, I'm going to go, and like a little radial dial starts spinning up over him or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's like in the, the 2018 Hitman that recently came out, like, you know, there'd be the characters who you could walk by and they wouldn't recognize your characters, but there was certain guys with a white circle over their head. That those were the guys who could spot you and tell your costume was fake. And so, like, there was a group of, like, five people that walked by him, and then that one guy was the one who was like... And then there's that noise that plays in the 2018 one that goes... As he starts to realize it's you, and you're like... Yeah. Feeling that in the movie, I was like shit guys we've already been through maybe half an hour of this but they might actually pull it off and then proceeded to not do anything else from the game at all yeah after that point unsurprisingly but yeah so you did mention i'm having a premonition myself (laughs) you mentioned that uh there was a premonition sequence that was very uh prevalent in the uh movie and i need to talk about this because the switcheroo that this movie pulls in terms of the hitman agent 47 being the title of the movie not being the main character but instead agent 90 (laughs) katya is actually the main character because she is this many more, you know, iterations better than Agent 47 because this time they gave her precognition. And not only that, the movie completely fails to explain in any way if it is precognitive or if it is... They describe it, if I remember correctly, in dialogue. She says that she's nervous all the time and gets, like, scared and afraid. And is that because she thinks she's seeing possible salute, you know, like possible situations? Is she actually seeing the future? Is she seeing an infinite possibility to rectify solutions? What's going on there? Why Why was it unexplained? They felt like explaining a lot of other things. Actually, no, nothing is explained <laughs> nothing, in this movie yeah. at all. I, <laughs> so why, why is she like this, Aaron? <laughs> Explain it to me. Well, you see, in the larger lore of Hitman, um, no, I I don't think that there's... (laughs) Now, granted, I haven't played every Hitman game out there, but 
I could probably tell you if there was a premonition character who could see some sort of the future. And it was it was like this character, yeah. They needed some kind of writer's Why was it dread? convenience. But like a worse dread. Yeah. In, in Dread, it has a point, right? Like, she is there and can, like, read people's minds to figure out, like, w- what they're thinking and, like, what they're about to yes. do. It is used fully in Dread as a thing to, like, a means to an end, get people to see what you need to see, etc. Yeah. It is great. And, and I would almost like with the Batman Arkham games where you have the Batman vision that in every other game right. then copied afterwards where you hold some button and you can see glowing objects around the room of like, oh, there's a knife over there and my target's over there. My spidey sense. If that's kind of what they were going for and they wanted to give him a Hitman vision, again, like the 2018 Hitman had, I would have been okay with that. But yeah, this was like, she was telling him how to kill people in a way that was like he was testing her, but also she was the one who was the true Hitman and could kill people with a giant mechanical clamp. Yes, you say that, but then at the same time, throughout the movie, she never uses this ability to actually prevent something from happening. She just sees it already happen, and then we, as the audience, see it happen again. I think it could have done a lot better in the movie of, like, when the soldiers are hunting them, you know, it, like, shows the soldiers' footsteps, and then, like, cuts to her ears and like shows that she's listening to them and can like pinpoint them by their sound or like you know she's using her senses as a way to tell like where somebody is and then like (laughs) she smells the piss (laughs) she smells the piss on hitman the piss was too strong from hitman piss man he was ruining her uh precognitive powers with the overpowering piss smell (laughs) yeah So, and it was just like, sometimes she could see a second into the future. Sometimes it was like five to six seconds out. And it was just like, what's the point of this? What? It was, it was, seems so stupid because consistently, and I think the, the like two that I distinctly remember are she sees two guards approaching and then suddenly she also sees precognitively that Hitman is already behind them dispatching. Yeah. And then he does it. And I think as the audience, I say, well, I just precognitively saw it with her and then she did it. So what's the point of a a future sense that is so delayed that by the time you're done witnessing the future, it's (laughs) it's now happening. There's no future to it because by the time you're done with the vision... Oh no! I left the door unlocked, and they're gonna burst in. Oh no! They're bursting in right now. What's the point? There's nothing to the power. It it doesn't seem like this ultimate killing weapon. We perfected the hitman gene (laughs) in her, and everyone's like, "Did you really, doctor? We we can only precog out like point five seconds." Yeah, and I. It doesn't help that everything is disorienting so that when you do see this precognitive vision, you know, you're in it. It has an effect. It looks really bad. And then you're out of the vision and then the camera angle goes somewhere else. 47 degrees in range (laughs) of of some other action. Dude. How fucking meta would it have been if every like time the like 
camera cut, the angle was 47 degrees different. That would be sick. And so I would bark. I I would give this movie a serious pass if they were like, every time there's a cut, it's 47 degrees. Dude. I would actually, that would blow my mind. I, I swear it's can't. Yeah. I also think like the color gradient was on the cooler side. I think if they had been like color gradient, 47 degrees, baby. Not only that, they chose like the, the six digit code, like 47, 47, 47. (laughs) Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. I, I also, with her character, I have a hard time in movies when the movie's like, like you said, Hitman, Agent 47, you came here to see this guy. This is what the movie's about, this guy. But then the movie's like, hey, we're going to introduce this person, and he's actually going to be like a mentor to them. And they kind of have some of the skills, but like not really. And it's just going to kind of like degrade everything because you, you know that we could be putting our budget into like doing some really cool stuff with the main character. But we're going to focus on them and we're going to focus on their relationship together and they're both very just flat people that have no chemistry at all on screen (laughs) you're gonna have to watch it they do a lot of talking yeah and so it's like don't this agent is not horny by the way yeah don't sell me tickets to truckamania if gravedigger's not gonna be there you know Yeah, you got tickets to Truckamania, you purchased the whole seat, you thought you were only going to use the edge, and then a family sedan rolls out. <laughs> yeah, Gravedigger comes out, he tows out a little minivan, and then the rest of the Truckamania is just the minivan, and you're like, yay! <laughs> it, it's, the, it's the driver for Gravedigger rooting for <laughs> the minivan driver. You could do this, minivan! Yeah, it, it felt like that. It was a... It was a devious little bait and switch i didn't like yeah. it yeah and i i know there's other i i'm struggling to remember which movies but i know there's been other movies especially recently that still do that trend where it's like hey here's our main character but they got this person and they're gonna be kind of mentoring them and it's i don't want to make a generalization but i will say that i think every marvel movie tries to do that in some way where they're like here's the black panther movie and you're like actually it's about this guy. yeah and then <laughs> you know that's fair i think possibly they all try to do it and i i haven't even seen most of them now at this point i'm really running on fumes <laughs> on that one but i think there is an aspect of like we have a comic book character that is established if it's called captain america winter soldier the movie is now technically about the winter soldier that you know nothing about and it's and captain america is not the winter soldier or hey uh so you know oppenheimer right well he had some grad students so we're actually going to follow the grad students (laughs) and you know they didn't do the bomb but they did put out some (laughs) papers uh the papers weren't about bombs either but it was like some pretty okay physics like, I don't want, I don't care. I'm not here to see, you know. The movie's titled Oppenheimer, and it's like, actually, it's an Albert Einstein film. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't get the Einstein. didn't think it was a good title. He tied Einstein to a chair in a giant turbine room. <laughs> Dude, okay. Einstein, get yourself out of the chair. You can do it. So... One of one of Hitman's like mentoring segments with the female character mm. who, well, I, yeah, I'll call her Agent Ninety because I don't, 
remember her name. Katya? I mean, it translates to 90 in French. Do, does it, though? Because I think they could have just told me that, and I would have been like, yeah, okay. I believe Agent 47. He's He didn't even never tell a lie. <laughs> he's not programmed to do that. So, yeah. So, he's got her, like, tied to this chair after she has spent, you know, a good hour running away from him. He captures her, ties her to this chair, tells her that she's got these powers, and then he reveals that she's in this big room with a jet turbine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a jet turbine. One jet turbine. <laughs> Pretty big Folks, one. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I don't know where to find a big jet turbine. <laughs> well, you're not Agent 47, Aaron. True. <laughs> Maybe that's my mistake. <laughs> Maybe if I was in the jet turbine market, I'd also be in the... He gets, he gets the magazines for him. <laughs> it was just like... Airplane jet jetliner daily. Yeah, it was just like, folks, what are we doing here? I love the idea of a giant jet turbine room, but where did Hitman just find this one? Well, inclo- it's sort of explained in that it's sort of a factory for turbines, <laughs> kind of, but also the 47 degree changes make it literally impossible to know what the outline of that entire facility was at yeah. all. Yeah. And, like, how they got there, how he knew about it. Because there were sh- scenes where they're up on a second-story catwalk, and then there are scenes where the people who were on the first floor are also on the second-story catwalk, but also on the bottom, and they never shoot them until they're, like, point-blank range. Dude, there were so <laughs> many crazy moments where one character, you would think, by the way the movie was showing it to you, you would think that that character was in the line of sight of another character. But then, 100%. The, the like, <laughs> like in the very beginning, Zachary Quinto is helping Agent 90 to like escape Agent 47. And they're like, he's right there. And it cuts. And the Agent 47's like maybe 150 feet away from them walking. Yeah, like he's down a story, but like he's right there. No. This was like, the way I got it from the movie, he was like on the same level as them, just like slowly sauntering towards them, Terminator-esque. And like had a gun in his hand and could have just been like, pop, but chose not to, I guess. And like, then it like cuts to another thing. And then, yeah, he was down a story. And so there were so many times like that. Yeah. And then they'd be like, they would run a whole bunch, right? They'd run away from him. (laughs) And then they'd turn around. He's still walking after them, and he's just as close. (laughs) (laughs) They walked. They ran with a walking gait. Yeah. I don't know how it was possible. Or, like, he was doing some, like, green light, red light, where, like, they weren't looking at him, and he was like... (laughs) 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 The the camera only catches his movement if he's walking. The Slender Man of Hitman. Yeah. So... Truly a nightmare character. Yeah, and then that definitely translates to that factory scene, too, where they're up on that catwalk, and they're like, (laughs) the bad guys can't see us. But you, in the shot. It was was literally the two shots where it shows the entering enemies, and they're like, team coming in. And then it cuts back. To 90 and 47 on the catwalk and they're like they'll we have a couple minutes and then you see <laughs> that group of people in the top of the frame like searching actively for the people who are then fully 
just standing. Well, you're seeing yeah. them. We saw them, so you can. And they were also talking at a level right that if you were an empty warehouse, you would straight up hear somebody be like, yeah, we got a couple minutes. And you'd be like, oh, they're over there. <laughs> you would hear it from the other side of the turbine yeah. room, you know? Oh. And that that's the thing. Apparently, this turbine room was fully soundproof <laughs> because... It, if there if that turbine was on the whole time which i'm led to believe it was <laughs> they enter this facility and all you would hear is like <laughs> <laughs> and they're like well that's why you couldn't hear them there was a big turbine yeah. on well it was behind that piece of glass that you know only shattered after getting shot with one bullet so yeah Zachary quinto could generally jump through any pane of glass that we put him through so Oh boy. Do you want to go jump through a pane of glass real I, quick as we uh, do a little ad yeah, break? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I have titanium in my blood. <laughs> I'm not. I rolled in all this piss. Oh no. You slipped on the piss. Uh yeah, folks, so if you're wondering, so we're watching we're watching the movie and there's this scene that first off that it was If you're wondering why we're talking about piss, it's because we watched Agent 47. Piss man. Piss man. So there's the scene that could have one hundred percent been cut from the movie altogether. It would not have changed things. Hitman It was very important yeah, he, for the story. He checks into a hotel. And then, like, goes through his belongings, shows that he's got this cool briefcase with a gun in it, and then proceeds to sit down on a couch and just chill out for, it could have been between one hour and seven days. No idea. There's no timestamp. Yeah. But I chose to believe it was seven days and that he had just been pissing in one spot that whole time. He's perfectly trained his body so he doesn't have to eat or drink anything. All he has to do is expel piss. <laughs> Unexplained. He just sat there. Maybe it was 48 seconds. 47. It's hard to know. 47. You're right. It was 47 seconds. We got 47 degrees. <laughs> we should rewatch it. No, not rewatch the movie. Scan the director's commentary to see if they're like, and so this is at this moment. We 47 degrees. <laughs> I I would also love like a retelling of this movie where he's like OCD and so he goes to a door, opens and closes it forty seven times before going through it. <laughs> oh no! Every time he walks, it's within oh, forty seven no. paces, and then he has to stop for forty seven seconds. That's why he doesn't speed up while chasing someone. He has to keep a, a pace of like forty seven minutes behind yeah. him right he's doing the the car chase but he's only topping out at 47 miles an hour yeah they're all like well we just got away we went 80 <laughs> miles per hour he's back there still just i'll get you one day gadget <laughs> yeah it, it was i think the funniest moment th there were so many funny moments but i think one of the wildest moments was that they basically did the same shot <laughs> as in the first movie where he was very far away and he shoots a gun really far, really accurately. And it follows the bullet and you're like, oh man. But guess what? In the first movie, it follows the bullet and then the bullet explodes the side of somebody's fucking skull. And it's fucking brutal and awesome and ridiculous looking. And then 
in the movie in the first movie again he ruins it by blowing up the gun for some reason and not just like leaving in this one it doesn't do on any of that you don't even know where she's hit probably because they want to keep it a little secret they're like maybe she's dead it's only 30 minutes in the movie you never know but of course i would have preferred something like a spray of blood or like the car crashes or something it just fully had no impact even though it fully is a bullet impacting someone in the movie you're just like well what happened i don't even know yeah i guess she's fine well it doesn't even leave you waiting that long to figure out the the question like he he takes the shot with the sniper it impacts it looked like it, to me it looked like the car even and so i was like oh well he hit the car perfect aim <laughs> and then it waits 4.7 seconds to cut to the next scene where it's revealed that she's totally fine and you're like so then who did it hit and she like turns and she's like ouchie my little arm <laughs> my skinned my elbow oh no (sighs) yeah so they did that again and you say why why do it again like they're into less of an effect there's sniper elements in the games and again i get that you're trying to like integrate that into the movie i'm good with that but lean into it do a whole like sniper mission you know there's no them doing a mission in this game there's the point where Zachary Quinto and 90 are running away from 47. They go into the embassy, you know, and then get captured. And then you would think, oh, he's got to infiltrate. He's going to go through and he's going to do different costumes. Like he's going to poison some soup. Uh, You know, like it's a perfect set of like montage focusing on Agent 47 and like what he does as a hitman. Like it's there. (laughs) The, the the script literally set it up for a fun bit of the movie and then the movie was like honestly yeah. and then the movie's like no 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 uh we're gonna cut and he put his gun through the x-ray system yeah and then he's gonna do this like w- weird thing where he bounces a table up and it makes the gun fire because that's totally how guns work by the way dude not before even that He's going through the embassy TSA. We have a moment right in this movie to have a badass Matrix bank shootout. Yeah. Because they find his guns in the security checkpoint. And he fully is just like, you see my guns? (laughs) They're right there. I'm here. Would be a shame if someone (laughs) was to take them. You got me, officer. You know, like, I just... For that to be the the buildup where we see an embassy, like literally like a, you know, gets a nameplate embassy, yeah. a place where the hitman is going to do the hitman thing where he infiltrates and does a job and then fully just goes in to get caught because that was his job the whole time. Yeah. And then along with that, no! there's also like she's getting interrogated by, you know, Doofy McDooferson. And she has that premonition of Hitman walking in and, like, revealing that he's got these guns. And you're like, how does she know that that is going to happen? That was straight up, like, one of those moments where it was like, that is straight up premonition, not just, you know. That's the thing. It wasn't consistent with how the second timing had worked previously. This was a fully detached moment from her reality. There's no way, like, that would be like if I was just sitting here and I'm like, oh, 
they just put in more fries at McDonald's. I could feel it. Like, <laughs> and then you drive there and they're like hot and fresh. And you're like, I knew, <laughs> I knew it. Cause it means nothing. It, it's literally like, I could say that and be right. And not only that, it's not even a cool premonition because he was right there. Yeah. They went into the embassy and that he was standing right there. What did you think? He wasn't going to follow you in. They were also trying to do some like cheeky thing there at the beginning where like she kept having the premonition of him and then being like, oh, Terminator 2-esque, he's the bad guy. Oh, he's the bad guy. But then Zachary Quinto shows up and he's the good guy. <laughs> but the movie shows its hand where Agent 47 gets dispatched by you know his syndicate. And they're like, hey, there's a guy from the syndicate. He's the bad guy. Uh, watch out for him. And then Zachary Quinto conveniently shows up seconds later. And you're like, well, I'm here to save yeah. you. <laughs> you're like, it's him. Of course it's him. But yeah, there was no other person. I, I and I think my biggest qualm with this whole little bluff that they tried to do was that they're trying to set Hitman up as if he's the bad guy and Quinto as if he's the good guy. When all you've given me is two different syndicates with the same kind of different vibe, different names. And to me, I don't know which one really is good or bad. And I also don't care because they do the same thing. That would be like if they hit they hit the men. That would be like if I got kidnapped from a you know by a guy from Domino's and he's like, well, the guy from Pizza Hut was gonna kidnap you. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> yeah, this is the same. You're like, well, just let him do that, yeah. bro. I mean, you guys got the better pizza, but like, it's all the same thing. It's all pizza. But they got the cheesy bread. Yeah. yeah. So it, it meant nothing to have one person be like. They're the bad guy. Oh, they're the good guy. Because it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Do you think there's a, a version of this film where they shaved the fuck out of Zachary Quinto's head? And he, and at the end of the movie, instead of his hair being white, he takes off his wig and he, he's just bald too. And he's like, I'm the hitman too. <laughs> title card hitman 2 because the thing that confused me quite a bit was hitman and i guess i'm going off the lore more of the movie now the previous <laughs> movie, which is so inaccurate to what i'm familiar with but like in the previous movie right there was that one fight scene where he fights a bunch of other hitman who are trying to yeah. kill him and they were all bald yeah and so why is zachary quinto not also bald they're like well we figured it out didn't have to lose hair after number 49 so here's another f you there there's revealed at some point in the movie that there's another hitman who is also his title's agent 48 he looks exactly like agent 47 but zachary quinto's also an agent and then agent 90's a person and so at what point did they stop cloning 47 and they're like all right now we need one that looks like agent 47 oh and now we need a female one um like <laughs> that's the thing it was okay so 47 to like 88 are all rupert friend <laughs> and then 89 is zachary quinto and then 90 is hannah yeah. Ware. and that is kind of just how they did it they figured it out and, and and one I, through 46.9 were uh, Timmy, t good old Timmy. Timmy Ollie, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works in the My Canon Hitman universe. Yeah. Because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Nothing. Why's he got hair? He got hair. 
He got hair. Not only that, it turned white. It turned white. <laughs> and he also had subdermal titanium plating under his skin, which just sounds which itchy. a character fully is like oh they figured that out that's fucking crazy <laughs> what the hell that's so stupid why they do that and i'm like i'm with you man how'd they do it so crazy yeah they figured it out he can stop bullets like a superhero but he bleeds and feels pain i guess and can kind of be killed for a short minute of time because he was shot like four times in the chest and he he woke up two hours later like Ooh, ouch, yeah ouch. Ooh. i feel like if he just you know Gabe, I don't know. I don't know. Zachary, if you're out there and you want to do some audio commentary for us for this movie, reach out because I'm genuinely curious. Come on the show. This movie was 2015, and if I'm remembering right, Star Trek came out before this. So what were you... Like multiple Star Treks, right? I think one and... The, At least the first one. I think one. even the one with uh, good old Benny and Eggs like came out, you know? Like Beyond or whatever? Yeah, the darkness one. Yeah, the, the, the second yeah. one with, with Smaug. Yeah. With yeah. So Zachary, I don't believe you were hurting for the money. Were you just acting for fun, and you're like, "Oh, I do love the Hitman movies. I do love subdermal titanium." Yeah. Was he even? Nah, I can't even question if he acted good in them. I just can't. There's a uh, formal disconnect. I can't figure it out. Every line was so insufferably dull. I okay. That I just couldn't get it. Hot take alert. I think there is a failing in current movie writing where they think that because one character in a movie acts a certain way, all characters have to act that same way. Look at all the Marvel movies. Marvel does this. <clears throat> one character is the funny character, therefore all the characters across all movies have to act the same way. That's true. They have, they have to re react in kind. Yeah. And, you know, this one <sighs> character, he should be the funny one, like the Flash, but now Batman's going to start, you know, cracking jokes too. Looking at you, Justice League. Oh, Ant-Man funny? Oh, all of Ant-Man's friends and retinue are also now yeah. funny. And, and so it's like, there's a failing here where a good movie should have characters and supporting characters they act in different ways. Look at your friend group out there, people. There's different people that act different ways. Not all people hey, have the same. Speak for yourself. I only hang out with clones of myself. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to one. so <laughs> Podcast with myself. Stop podcasting yourself. <laughs> That's right. You're now listening to Myself, Myself, and Myself, the self-help <laughs> podcast. It's a thing new. It's something beautiful. <laughs> Copyright strike. Oh, Sorry. no. <laughs> a treasure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a good theme. But there, Sorry. There's, a, Ours is there's a failing in current writing, and this movie failed into that, where Hitman is supposed to be one-dimensional. I get that. There's nothing wrong with having a one-dimensional character. And it's not all movies, but there are a lot of mainstream yes. movies that are... Doing yes. This. Which this movie technically could be considered mainstream at some point at 2015. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people saw it. <laughs> hey, someone. 47 people. But guess good. what? Box office smash. Yeah. Four times the uh, budget <laughs> on this movie it made back. I'm just going to say that right made now. $47 million. <laughs> they actually made a lot more than 47, but they had to give it away because they were like, hey, no, 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 no. We only set out to make $47 million here. 
we got to give it back to the <laughs> Idios or whoever made Hitman. <laughs> so, you know, I, I would like to see more movies put out. Like, you can have your one-dimensional character, but there's also other characters that act a different way. And I think a good movie that did this really well is Terminator 2. Mm, yeah. So you've got the Terminator. you got to have the annoying son character. <laughs> exactly. But he's different, right? He's very different and memorable yeah. because of how annoying <laughs> he's he the is. worst. But like you got the Terminator. He's a one dimensional character. You got Sarah Connor. She's doing her own buff, awesome woman thing. And then you so got good. the annoying teenager. They all act in different ways, but it supports each other. They learn from each other. They grow. They're one big family. And it's great this movie you just got him who's doing his kind of impression of the character from the game where he's kind of like oh i'm oh i'm hitman you know <laughs> yar blimey you know you know me hitman the, the character who talks a lot in the video game i've kind of got like a cockney thing <laughs> 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 the most common thing i know of a hitman game is he's a cockney englishman and uh, but then you've also got the female who's acting the same way you got zachary who's given just zero like they saw spock no and they were like do spock again and he was like i'm even gonna bring less spock to it baby not only that it's like the villain and the father were also as one dimensional and boring yeah. so every conversation felt like two characters you could have picked any two and they could have been having the same conversation but because it had to be the main villain bad guy ceo hermetically sealed room office man for some reason and the father doctor they had to talk in this room but guess what put agent 47 against zachary quinto in the same room saying the same lines it would be the exact same scene because there was no motivational there was no intonation change if you're seeing like the, them talk it's like there was nothing different there wasn't a performance and it goes back to what we opened the episode with in that if you're gonna parody not parody they're really not trying to make a funny <laughs> thing but if your whole thing is to make a movie about a semi-goofy can't really be taken that seriously video game franchise you have to lean into something that is personal to your experience of the game and it has to have some emotional weight behind it because if i'm again i've played so little of them but if the writers of this had played a hitman game period play the game you're writing the movie about i just it must be that they just are given the license to do it and say oh he's a hitman he kills people he changes outfits sometimes we know the base amount of information we need to know about this video game to make a workable script that hollywood will buy and we will make 80 million dollars for <laughs> it just baffles me and I think, again, it's like fully why I think the strike is continually happening is because these huge studios are just like, writers don't fucking do anything. They barely even play the video game we <laughs> are doing this movie about. And 
writers are like, well, you don't pay us enough to play the video game. And it's like, well, then you put out shitty movies. And it's like, well, you didn't pay us to put a good movie out. So it's like totally warranted and has been since before 2015, but at least highlighted now in this movie. I, I, you know, I do get baffled at times where it's like, all right, you've got MacGuffin characters giving MacGuffin dialogue about MacGuffin concepts and nothing matters. You could take anybody, you could give Darth Vader talking to fucking Johnny Five from Short Circuit about pancakes gives from shit? Denny's being better than pancakes from IHOP. And <laughs> it'd be more interesting, you know. <laughs> You've described a way more interesting scene. A, how the fuck did Darth Vader get to an IHOP or Denny's? How the fuck is Johnny Five here? <laughs> Are they in a Denny's on the Death Star? <laughs> no. Either yeah. way, I'm engrossed. But to go with that, there's so much content out in the world nowadays. We have the internet. We have people who are playing these games. And <laughs> What a phrase. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that is a blessing in its own way that is just so seriously underused by Hollywood. And I'm probably screwing over the whole sag right now. And they're going to just come to my house and burn it down. I hope they do. (laughs) I don't even know what you're going to say, but I hope they do. (laughs) All Hollywood has to do when they make a movie about a comic book or a video game is get onto something like deviant art or wherever people put out like fanfic and just type in the fanfic, the name of the you know product that they have, right? Hitman 47. Then there's countless results of people who have done fanfics about Hitman or Star Wars or Harry Potter, you know, Marvel, DC. It's all there. And I'm personally not somebody who reads those things, but I know people who do. And like they often recommend, they're like, hey, there's this one that's really good. There's this one that's really good. Here's this storyline. Here's stuff that happens in this. And I'm sitting there and I'm like... That is actually kind of entertaining, and I would watch a movie about that. I think fanfic is, again, like a good gateway into a very corrupt... Like, that's why the thing is happening, right? It's like these people who grew up writing these fanfics, and beyond fanfics, like full-on fictions and, you know, fully formed different things that they've branched off. I don't want to say, like the the main one that i can think of is like 50 shades of gray technically is like a fanfic of twilight right and that became its own yeah. thing but it's like the same thing right where you have somebody i'm not saying 50 shades of gray is this like pinnacle of storytelling but it's like you have somebody that has a partially original idea that they're melding onto something and so there should be more of these those are writers that are an untapped potential that studios are just fully like, ah, fuck it. We got we got Betty over here, and they wrote the fucking Agent Forty Seven script, and it's it's selling. <laughs> we still we bought it, and so we have to make it now. And Betty's like, I never played the games. I just know what a hitman is because my dad killed many people <laughs> for it. You know, like I don't know what's going on there. I don't know how this script made it to here. I don't know why it made so much money. Aaron, what do you think? Well, watch or not watch. I think if this had been something where somebody got on fanfic.com and typed in Agent 46. But it feels like a fanfic. It doesn't. It does. No, I'm going to. Yes, it, it does. does. It feels like 
it feels like a fanfic of a different game yes. that somebody wrote and said, my character is a cool woman who is premonition, precognition. She has it all. She's a superhero. And then somebody's like, put it in a Hitman movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was... I'm not saying it feels like a Hitman fit fanfic. I agree. Uh, I'm saying, to me, it felt like another one of these movies where it was like somebody just had the license and they're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We forgot to make the movie two years ago. Damn it. Oh, uh, get get those writers. Put them to work. Uh, you, get some set together. Uh, you, take the, the, the whole photo which we just did and just make it look like shit. You know, and then, you know, they're rushing together to like... Shave Rupert Friend's head. <laughs> He's like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's, my it's my best quality. <laughs> you know... It just felt like another one of those movies where it was rushed because they were running out of time to keep the, you know, title and they had to put out something and they put out something and for some stupid reason it made money. And I just did not enjoy this movie. (laughs) I did not. It was not enjoyable. I didn't give a shit about the characters two years from now when we're making jokes about piss man i'm gonna be making them about the first one and then you're gonna be like no that was from the second one i'm gonna be like i don't think we saw that one <laughs> and then we'll rewatch it and be like man we gotta do an episode well no thank god you have the excel spreadsheet because we'll go to the excel spreadsheet and you'll say no we watched it i'll type in 47 and it'll come up 47 times we're like no. <laughs> we're getting some hell where we were just continuing anyway it's a not watch folks don't watch this movie i don't do it it's a MacGuffin film you can sit there and imagine a syndicate film where one syndicate's going against another one there's some reason they're doing it you don't know what it is because you didn't pay attention to the movie because the dialogue was so stupidly boring i mean if anything it's like this being from 2015, I'm so, we're so far away from it now, but it feels like if there was a decline, you know, like if, if people were saying movies are really bad now in 2015 to whatever time, you can point to this movie and say, I completely agree. I think we got to scrap the whole thing and figure it out from the, from the bottom because whatever happened here, it's a not watch. I don't understand... <laughs> It, it, not only that, what we forgot to mention at all is that like all of the action scenes basically look so shitty. Yeah. There's so many bad CG crashes of vehicles and cuts, therefore, like immediately after <laughs> that ruin the momentum of like what would be a, an actual stunt that you're like just do it all cg in the video game that exists why do the movie at all dumb so dumb waste of time movie do not watch it (laughs) we watched it so you don't have to in this instance because guess what we didn't want to watch it anyways (laughs) but we did anyways because we suggested it to ourselves. Because why did we watch the first one? And we watched the first one like so early in our like podcasting, yeah. episodic 
smart podcasters would watch here. more popular films to get the SEO out there, but we were like, hey, hey Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> we should watch Hitman. Timothy Oliphant was in the fucking <laughs> Mandalorian season. Hell yeah. Yeah. Secretly an SEO god, Timothy Oliphant. Love him. Timmy, you can come on anytime. We'll have you. Timmy, come on. We'll shave your fucking head <laughs> and Rupert Grint. <laughs> Rupert friend <laughs> on stream uh you can duke it out see who the better hitman is and i'll just end it with before we like completely end it there was a scene where a secondary hitman is teased <laughs> about 45 minutes into the movie and you say oh boy if it's timothy oliphant and they sort of mix it in to the world of the previous movie how cool would that be? I don't know. Nobody really liked the Timothy Oliphant one, but wouldn't it be cool to have a callback like that? I don't know. I kind of thought maybe. Guess who comes out of the elevator? It's Rupert Friend again. <laughs> Either way, what a fucking bait and switch because why bother it being someone different? It could be the same yeah. guy. They were like, hey, you guy. made it this far. We don't give a fuck about you. And they don't owe me anything, and I understand that, but it still just is like, well, why does the same guy is not a cool reveal? No. At all. No. And like, oh, they cloned him. Oh. Just have it be somebody else. Have it be fucking like Tom Cruise. How crazy yeah. of a movie would that have been if a fucking shaved head Tom Cruise comes out of that elevator? <sighs> Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Shaved head Tom Cruise. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, my God. We could, we could, it could have spoilers. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it because I think we've done it, Aaron. I think we're done. I'm at the fever pitch of how much I hate this movie. <laughs> I wanted, I honestly wanted to start this episode and try and be as positive as possible, but I couldn't think of one thing that I genuinely liked. Dude, I wanted to start this movie and, like, actually, you know, get a couple minutes in and be like, whoa, whoa this is kind of fun. Like that would have been so cool. You watch the first one. You're like, Oh, it's kind of a stinker. <laughs> and then you watch this one and you're like, Oh, this was look, they, Oh, 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 you know? And then you're like, enjoyed it. That's, that's, <laughs> folks. That's how I watch movies, by the way. That's, <laughs> yeah, Aaron never shuts the fuck up when we watch these movies. He's always just gasping at everything. <laughs> It's really hard, which is why we have to talk about it afterwards, because I could never understand if he actually oh, liked the movie. Oh, or not. oh. <laughs> He's just so flabbergasted by the cinema. <laughs> He's awestruck. Oh, they're oh, in space. Oh. That's a thing. Outer space. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Too Much Popcorn. Thank you so much. Grab that popcorn. We... I, I, uh, I, I ate too much popcorn. I'm do I do feel I gasped sick. it all. I don't feel well. <laughs> you inhaled it, and you've heard of popcorn lungs. You have it like tenfold yeah. somehow. I don't know how you managed, but uh, that's gonna do it for the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, we're doing a thing. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you so much. That's amazing. We love that. It's like a real tangible you can follow us on spotify it's like a tangible thing you can do otherwise listen to us wherever you want you got youtube you got uh, apple you got all the other podcatchers out there and we love to see those comments on youtube 
suggesting movies, letting us know what you thought about the review. And that's going to do it. Bye. Bye. <laughs>